Hi and welcome to the 200th episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airways of Nam where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded. Land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. Today I'm talking to Stephanie Stapleton at Ms Jackson Ra- Restaurant. Stephanie grew up on the Mornington Peninsula and spent her childhood hanging out in kitchens with her chef dad. For her, kitchens are about home and family and it's clear that she lives and breathes hospitality. Stephanie started her career on the peninsula most recently working at hatted restaurants Jackalope and Montalto, before jumping a couple of steps to become co-owner and head chef of Ms Jackson in Doncaster. Ms Jackson is all moody, dark sleekness, with a menu inspired by the seasons, and drinks put together by fellow co-owner and sommelier Matt Talbot, who started his own small wine label Patch Wines in 2020, which is based out of the Yarra Valley. Stephanie's partner's roots in Napoli have also greatly inspired her when it comes to Italian cuisine, and she's putting up what she describes as modern Australian with a Mediterranean influence. Cooking for Stephanie is all about creating unique experiences that will make every guest feel special, while still honouring locality and seasonality. It was such a pleasure to sit down with Stephanie for this conversation with a chef landmark. May the next 200 be every bit the treat that these 200 have been. Hi Stephanie, how are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. It's great in here. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it's really nice. Is that a whole wine room? Yeah. (laughs) Lock myself in there sometimes. (laughs) I just heard a news story about um, someone maybe in the States, who <clears throat> got locked in the, the, the safe of the bank overnight, and despite everyone's best efforts, they just had to wait until yeah. it, they opened, like, it. it opened up the next morning. I'm like, that was wine. <laughs> you drank it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> you've been open a year, is that right? 12 months. Yeah. 12 months we've been opened. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, no, um, slow start, but starting to pick up now, which is really good. Yeah. I mean, being out in the suburbs is not a bad thing. No. So... It's interesting because I um, I teach at Camberwell Girls, yeah. um, and one of my colleagues a few years ago was kept telling me about zero ninety five, zero, yeah. and I was like, I actually still could never really never. Had, and I'm like, oh my god. So is it? So tell me the story about is it? Is it somehow part of that? Yes. Or, yeah. So some of our owners here also own next door. Oh, I see. And then myself and my partner have joined the group, and we own part here. That's great. Yeah. And so before that, you were working as like a head chef in places? I was a sous chef. Sous chef. This is my first head chef role. Wow. Head chef and owner. Yeah. How's that? Um, how's that? How's that lot. step up? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but, what, So what's the, what's the difference? Because I know as Sue, you've already got quite a lot of responsibility. And then I know the step up to head chef, you're thinking more about food costs and staffing and, um, and menus and all that stuff. And then when you... A co-owner. <laughs> Do you sleep I've done like no, no, I don't sleep at all. I've done like three steps all at once. Yeah, it's yeah. like going from 
a junior sous, mind you, not oh. even a senior sous. So I was quite new to being a sous chef as well. But I think I'd only been in it like six months or something. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's let's do this. Let's yeah. just go for it. Yeah. But no, there's such a huge difference having to maintain your standard so everyone else maintains their standard and just always being above everybody. Yeah. yeah. And I guess doing it in a um, in an encouraging way <laughs> rather than a getting mm. frustrated way. I know. It must be hard as well. It is, it is. <laughs> and when especially if you're not 100% sure of what you're doing because you're like it's the first time I'm doing this am I saying the right things am I doing it the right way and you're always second guessing yourself as yeah. well so yeah so how many menus have you been through over the past 12 months four yeah. I've so done about seasonal. four seasonal yeah. yeah I've done about four maybe five yeah. one one didn't work out and then we just rebranded again and did another one so I've done about four four yeah four and when you say it didn't work out is that because of um like the public's reception of it, yeah. Yeah, and me thinking that public uh, the public having to have so much say about it and me not knowing what they would like and not knowing how much seafood to put on and things like that as well, trying to just have that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's modern Australian with... A Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah, come Mediterranean. So we pull a lot of Mediterranean ideas my partner being Italian so I get a lot of from him and I've come from a big Italian background with the with the restaurants I've worked in so I'm pulling all of my ideas and then trying to still use beautiful local produce from all around Victoria as well and so yeah. what are some examples of that on your so are you, are you a spring menu at the moment spring summer yeah yeah, okay. yeah. spring summer although it's really been I know. the weather for it's nice today but... I know <laughs> yeah so what? Um, so what's on the menu? What if someone comes in to dine? What's the most ideal experience you'd want for them here? Ideal, starting off with a little little snack. So they probably start off either with maybe a potato rosti and with beautiful tiramisu and they'd have a little cocktail in between. And then moving on to the smaller entree, the bigger entrees, possibly getting it eggplant parmigiana which is a bit deconstructed in a way and then having an octopus dish which is a fresh and vibrant roast it's not it's char grilled yeah you'd say it's char grilled char grilled yeah. octopus is beautiful and fresh as well at the same time um and then probably for mains we've got beautiful lamb rump that's on and they'd have we've got some fresh greens going with it so coming into summer having the snow peas and sugar snaps on there as well. It's quite beautiful. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good. And your background, well, before you came here, you were at Jackalope and Mon- Montelto? Montelto yeah. was my last, yeah. yeah. So what beautiful place. Oh, stunning. Yeah, wow. Stunning. I grew up down on the peninsula. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, so it's home down there for me. Yeah. I'm used to it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're not driving from there or anything? No, not anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> I mean, the Eastern Freeway is good, but no. <laughs> yeah. No, we mate. tried for a little while and I'm like, i got to move up there. Yeah, that's Too far right. away. And you're surrounded by so much um, really great produce, I guess, down there, and then wineries and um, the, the grapes and so on. And I've just, um, just been discovering more about Turong Farm and all the like the heritage trains. Amazing. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So there's, there's so much on that peninsula. There is... And it keeps growing. Yeah. Like it just, there seems to be something new popping up all the time. And 
a lot of restaurants work together and all the farms work together as well and they kind of just bring everything as one. It's like Turong might work with Torello and it's just, and you just go there and buy and they'll help you and you can pick and yeah. they'll tell you all about the produce and it's just, it's an amazing way to learn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So would you say that you're still quite produce driven here? Are you? Not as much as I'd love to be. Oh, yeah. Not as much as I'd love to be. With trying to find my way around the Yarra Valley, it's, ah, yeah. yeah, trying to find all the produce in the Yarra Valley now, it's, they work a bit differently up here. They're more happy to sell to providors and sell to wholesalers. Okay. Um, whereas the Peninsula were more restaurant based. Yeah, selling right. Too. So yeah, it's a little bit different working up this way. Yeah, okay. I guess, yeah, they have, is it a different microclimate in the Yarra Valley as well? Definitely. So different kinds different, of... 100%. Yeah, different kinds. And you don't get that beautiful sea breeze as ah. well that we, do, that we did get down on the peninsula. So, yeah, it all changes. And so thinking about where, where you started or when you started, I read that your dad was a chef as well. Yeah. <laughs> so did you always know you wanted to be a chef? Always. Forever. Yeah. It was either... It was always something hands-on and... I've been in kitchens, I think, since I was three. Wow. Like, Dad would have me in and out of kitchens, out of his kitchens. I'd meet everybody. I'd stand there and I'd cook with them. And, yeah, ever since I was three, I'd been in and out of kitchens. So it's always been hospitality something. Yeah. Yeah. And was he was he working down there on the peninsula? Yeah, yeah, he was down on the peninsula. He was in and out of pubs and clubs and things like that. So, yeah. It's amazing. So, yeah, obviously, you know, when you have a role model follow that's inspiring that's um but what do you think it was that you liked about it because you could equally have gone oh that's not for me I think it was that family environment yeah it was like a family environment that you felt so close and connected to everyone that you worked with and it's kind of your your home away from home at the same time yeah you didn't feel at home at home you're home here and yeah it was a family connection yeah yeah it's nice so when you started, did you, um, like, where did you do your apprenticeship? started my apprenticeship in Mornington yeah. at The Rocks, um, so a seafood-based restaurant, and I learned everything about seafood I could imagine. Like, we'd have fresh fish on, we'd, we'd go fishing on the weekends. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. They'd, we'd go and pick up local mussels and everything like that, so everything that I wanted to learn about seafood, that's where I learned it. And I was, God, I was 16 when I started. Wow. I was so, 16. Yeah. So straight out of school. Yep. Yeah. I was straight out of school. So I was contemplating whether I'd start year 12 or not. I think I got halfway through year 12 and I was like, I can't, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you, I was, already knew what you, you know, to I was working, well, yeah. working full time and I was trying to finish year 12 as well. And that was, year 12 was done for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. And so, and so from there, so, so you were, you always, until, you, until here, you were always down the peninsula? Always. Oh, wow. Always. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a huge passion for the peninsula. Huge passion for the peninsula. I mean, it, it is home. It's yeah. where I grew up. I know where to go. I know where everything is. I like yeah. I think it's, there's definitely a peninsula thing. My partner grew up um, down there as well, yeah. so Crip Point and then Balnarring. <laughs> and um, 
I've heard all the stories. <laughs> on the peninsula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they've got such a um, you know, a tight knit group of friends as well yeah. who all grew up down there together yeah. and had lots of adventures and um a lot of like them a, stay down there and then you've got yeah. the odd couple of you that move away. That's right. But they're all this we're so still connected. Yeah. That's pretty idyllic. It'd be an idyllic place to grow up and start your career, I would imagine. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> and I saw um, when I was, you know, obviously social media stalking you before this. <laughs> and I saw that you'd been to Italy. Was that before you opened here? Before we opened here. Yeah, um, yeah my partner, he's from Italy. Well, and where is, which part is he from? Naples. Naples. Um, so he's fresh off the boat and he's been here about five years now and I hadn't been back to meet his family yet um, so I got to go and meet his family and eat all the food and just see how they live. Yeah. And do you, were there things there that you've brought into your cooking? 110%. Yeah. Like the way they eat and it's just very, they don't, it's very interesting like the way they eat and having their the antipastos and then they go on to their pastas and then they have their meat I would love to base the menu off that like obviously starting with the snacks then your entrees and then you'd get a pasta in there as well and finish with your meats it's just it's a really nice way to eat it because it slows everything down by separating things out you're really concentrating on each each set dish of flavors yeah. and, um, and it's nice to sit around the table for it is period of time with your friends or family isn't it and I think sometimes we um yeah, we forget that or it's not it's not part of our culture no so, yeah we're just sometimes I think whether it be the western we just get up and go and we eat and finish all right let's go we're yeah. done we're done eating but I think taking it slow and really enjoying what you're eating and having or being enjoying with who you're with as well it's not just about the food about who you're with as well. Yeah. I think it's really it's really beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So where do you get your inspiration for menus? Do you have lots of cookbooks? Do you look online? I have a library of cookbooks. <laughs> a library. Um, I look everywhere. I get I pull inspiration from everywhere. A lot of my older chefs, I take inspiration from them and I try and mingle both of their recipes together. If they've got something similar, I'm like, oh, we'll mix that together. That'll be all right. But um, a lot of cookbooks, a lot of research. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess as an owner and, and head chef, um, do you get to go out much yourself and try other people's food? Try and eat out once a week. Yeah. Try and eat out once a week and just see what's out there and what everybody's doing and trying to keep up with that as well. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's forever changing. Yeah. It's forever changing. Can you still be surprised by flavours? Every day. Every day. Because I'm not... My palate's completely different to everybody else's and someone else will have something else on their menu and just everyone's palate's different. So being able to taste what they've got on the menu, it's, it's incredible. And do you think about food 24-7? And the rest. <laughs> and the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, always. And in terms of, I know, I mean, these days we'll talk about well-being. What do you do to relax or, I mean, I guess for your own sustainability and probably with the staff as well? I've got my dog. Oh. I've got I've got my dog, my American Staffy, so he's beautiful. So I've got him that I kind of reach out to. <laughs> and um, I'm 
when I can, I get Dad back down to the peninsula and I try and take those... When I am doing the research and development days, I try and get out in the fresh air or things yeah. like that as well. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you think things have changed? So when you were 16 in the kitchen down there, um, you know, I hear a lot of stories about how hard it has been for women in the kitchen. Do you think things have changed? I think right now there's a turning point. Yeah. Um, I struggled when I was quite young being a female chef, trying to jump into the boys' club, yeah. I guess, and having to talk the same way that they talk in kitchens and it's it's very it's a boy it's a boys club there's a lot of kitchens that have just that mentality of being a boys club um and there's a lot of women trying to change it there's so many female chefs at the moment that are doing incredibly and just trying to change the mentality of females in kitchens i mean pastry i think it started with pastry chefs because there's so many female pastry chefs um my last head chef diana she, um, she really, I never really thought about it the way that she thinks about females and in kitchens, but it's, it has, it's changed a lot, but it's still not there. Yeah. There's still a big boys club around kitchens and hospitality. Yeah, I spoke to Alan Tompkins from the Burnt Chef Project, and you know, and they're all about um, trying to break that for men as well. Like, you know, men in hospitality, there's this idea that you've got to be staunch and you can't say that you're struggling, and they're trying to really break those stereotypes as well. And I think that it's it's just worth having the conversations, isn't it, and just um, getting it out there. Absolutely. Okay to, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many conversations with male chefs as well, and they're like, I'm not. I'm not doing okay and you know you just have to try and take into consideration them as well and try to make it all work yeah so I guess what would your advice be maybe to your younger self or maybe to a a young person who's starting out as a chef what would your advice be don't take everything so personal because at the end of the day it's so many different emotions and it's not that you're doing a bad job or it's not that you're doing the wrong thing it's nothing personal there's nothing personal to it it's just a little bit of perfection in some chefs <laughs> but we're, we are we're perfectionists and we're control freaks and there's nothing wrong that you're doing yeah at the end of the day do you look at reviews because i feel like everyone's a critic these days or do you i've stopped yeah i've stopped I think you get so many good ones and you get that one bad oh, one course. and it ruins everything that you thought that you were doing right. Yeah. And it just... No, I've stopped. I've just stopped. Yeah, well, I think it's, yeah, it's a good idea. Just tell me, what's, what's your one favourite thing on the menu? Do you have... You, have, you maybe can't have favourite children, can you? It's your whole mm, <laughs> My favourite... My favourite little dish at the moment is the octopus. Okay. It's the octopus. Um... It's fresh and vibrant and it's zesty but herby. It's really it's really beautiful. Awesome. And how many people are coming in tonight? Um we've got about sixty booked tonight. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good sun's out. I know, sun's out, out and everyone's after a drink, so yeah, yeah, we've got about sixty in tonight, so it's gonna be amazing. Awesome. It's gonna be a really good night. Have a really good service. Love me to talk to you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. 
so much for listening to this 200th episode of Conversation with a Chef with Stephanie Stapleton at Ms. Jackson. You can check out all the goodness on Instagram at Ms. Jackson Restaurant or the website www.msjackson.com.au because they've got all kinds of special events, date nights, weekend lunches that are well worth checking out. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, because let me say there are quite a few, 200 podcasts actually (laughs) but there are actually even more stories that didn't quite make it onto podcasts because it was before I started podcasting so you can go way back to 350 conversations ago if you want to but no pressure you can read the chat and become a subscriber at www.conversationwithchef.com and I'd love it if you told a friend about the chats you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts And I'm also, strangely, on Amazon and Audible. (laughs) But thanks again for listening to this episode. Have a great day. Bon appétit.